1: And he says, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with, as the ability which God supplies. Why? What is the purpose, again, for all of this? It's simply this, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever.
0: church, we are all ministers to each other. Today on Truth in Christ Radio, Pastor Rob finalizes this portion of Peter's epistle by reviewing how believers need to support each other. Every part of the church is important. Each has its job to do. Even the smallest, seemingly least important part of the body of Christ is important. That's why it is essential when we serve one another, we do it with the strength God provides, so that to Him belongs the glory and the dominion forever and ever. And now, let's turn our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4, as Pastor Rob finishes verses 7 through 11. When
1: I first married my wife, Kathy... You know, her mom is 100% Greek. I mean, when you see this woman, you think Mediterranean. I mean, she literally is, and I don't mean this in a in a mean way, but most Mediterranean people, and if you're one of those, don't take offense to this, most of them are fairly short in stature, and they've got beautiful skin. They've got dark hair, dark eyes, very nice, dark skin. And her mother is, is, is that. She's a wonderful lady. But it was kind of funny, because when I first met Kathy... You know, um, there was a joke about me being a xenos, which means an outsider. Because, you know, uh, outside of the Greek culture, anybody else is a xenos. You know, and that's kind of what I was. But now she loves me, thankfully. She even gave me a, the heel of the bread, which is very significant. If you're Greek, you know, give, when your mother in law gives you the heel of the bread, you're in. But then she took it back. <laughs> no. I'm only kidding. But this word hospitable means phylozenos. It means to be a lover of those who are outsiders, strangers. And true hospitality, again, is waning. There was a culture long ago in the 50s, even back in the 50s, people were hospitable. And some of you are very hospitable, honestly. There's a great number of you I know have just been so hospitable. But I'm talking about the church in, in general, and not, not just necessarily here, but everywhere. Now because iniquity has abounded, our love has grown cold. We, we no longer trust anything. And there's, I guess there's reason to, to feel that way. I mean, can you trust somebody that you don't know to come into your own home? Boy, is that a challenge. But it's a challenge I think it's worth going through and letting the Lord challenge you about. And be partly because of my sin and my selfishness, I can be unhospitable at times. And I can not value people as much as I ought to, but that's what God wants us to do, to value each other. And be hospitable, and don't be too concerned about what your house looks like. You know, if it's not spotless, that's okay. If it's an unexpected guest, you know, they get what they get, Right? But if you know somebody's coming and you've got a week to prepare, of course you, you, you make things nice. But when somebody wants to drop in, do you shut your door because you're afraid of the, you know, you didn't clean the bathroom? You're afraid of the dust? You're afraid of the cat food on the floor that your cat spilled this, that morning and you didn't have a chance to pick it up yet? All these things, we have to let, let the Lord challenge us. Get out of those comfort zones. And when we can, of course... We want to do the best we can for folks, but there are times we just can't, and we need to operate in hospi- hospitality anyway. When people come into this church, our, my hope is that we can all greet them. If you, don't, if you see somebody here this morning that you don't recognize, reach out to them. Love on them. Sit with them. Resist sitting with people you always sit with, but sit with that person that you've never seen before. Get to know them and let them enter into this. That's what the body's supposed to be, and i got to do that. Because sometimes I'm not real faithful about that. But that's something that I got to learn and I got to continue to pry myself out of it and do it. And you know, we really do, don't we? We really love people. I mean, when people come in here, that's the love of God. God has loved you. Freely we have received, so we freely give. Isn't that what Jesus said? So we have to resist it, make them feel welcome. The writer of Hebrews says, Let brotherly love continue, and do not forget to entertain strangers. For by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Verse 10 says, As each one of you has received a gift, minister minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I love that. As each one has received a gift. That means that each one of us has received a gift of some kind. And it can be a spiritual gift. It can be a a gift that you've learned through a trade. You know, right here within this group of people and the folks out in the fellowship hall, there is a great potential for everything that you've done in your life, the things that you, not only the spiritual gifts that God may have given you, but also the gifts that you've learned. And we can help each other as much as we can. And you know, it's so cool to see that happening. There was a brother who helped us recently in our home. You know, I had this uh, gaping, uh, this hole that developed in our basement. And he came over. And he knows how to do this stuff. I don't know how to do this stuff. And he willingly did it. And I tried to offer him, you know, something. And he, he wouldn't receive it. You know, if I wasn't talking and chewing his ear off, he could have been done in 15 minutes. But, you know, he came after work and he did it. You know, he just... He had a skill, and he offered it. And we can do that for one another. Sometimes you you can't do that. Sometimes you, you know, it's different. But, you know, when you can, we ought to, especially those who are in need. But notice this word gift in verse 10, literally the the word is charisma. That's what the word gift means. And it means some kind of a spiritual endowment. It could be um, a favor which one receives without any merit of his own. It's a gift. It's a gift, but it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a, a qualification, a spiritual endowment. Jesus said to his disciples when he sent the 12 out, he said, freely you have received, freely give. And that's the idea. What, if, what gifts do you have, and how are you using them? Are you holding them in and just kind of doing your thing at work and just cutting yourself off, compartmentalizing your life? Don't allow your life to be compartmentalized. Blow the doors down. Let the, Lord, let the Lord break those doors down and be just open. What gifts do you have? How are you using them? How are you using them in the body of Christ? As, as, as much as we can, we ought to be thinking about that, praying about that. In Romans chapter 12, Paul says, So we, being many, are one body in Christ. We are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If you have the gift of prophecy, and he's speaking about uh, spiritual gifts here, if you have the gift of prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. If you have the, the gift of showing forth or telling forth the word of God, if that's on your heart and on your lips, let it happen. Or maybe your gift is ministry. Let, it, you, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts and exhortation. You know, there's so many people in the body who have the gift of exhortation. This is such a wonderful gift that I love it when I see it in, in action. And I've seen it, I've been the beneficiary of that gift so often. People exhorting me, exhorting you. When you're feeling kind of down and you're feeling not quite up to snuff. Maybe you're struggling with an issue of sin in your life and you just, you feel unworthy. And of course we're all unworthy. But to have somebody put their armor on you and say, you know what? God loves you. He's got a great plan for your life, and you're having a tough day, but you know what? This will pass. Another three or four hours, this thing is going to pass from you, and the sun is going to shine again. You know, It never stays dark and gloomy for long. Have you ever been in a dark and gloomy time where you just feel like everything is against you? We all have. could have been a death of a family member, a parent, a child even, Maybe you lost your job and then you, got, then you found out you had a tumor growing inside your stomach. You know, whatever it may be. Every one of us has gone through the dark cloud and the dark hour. And then to have somebody come up and exhort you in love, I tell you what, that is the greatest, one of the greatest gifts I love is the, when, the gift of exhortation. He goes on, he says, and he who gives with liberality. There are people who have this gift of liberality. that They just love to give. And they might not even have a whole lot, but they love to give what they have. And some people have a lot, and they do. They give, and they're wonderful folks. And they, they don't give with some kind of arrogance. They give because they love. And I tell you, there's a difference, and you can see it. And man, when you see it in operation, you're just like, man, this is the coolest thing in the world. To not only be the giver, but to be the beneficiary. If, if, you know, if, 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 you're, if you've got the gift of giving, be a good receiver. That blesses the giver. I used to put on this air of, no, no, it's okay, you know, don't need don't it, you know, thank you very much. And then you're squelching, you're, 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 the flow that they've got wide open coming at you, you're putting up this wall and you're turning on your own little thing and blocking it, right? And God's saying, why can't you receive? Yes, it is more blessed to give than to receive, but can you receive as well with simplicity and with a, a right heart? Or do you put on this false sense of pride? Oh, I can't receive it, really. And then, you know, because you want to be the one that's always giving and looked upon as being benevolent and beautiful and bold. And God says, get over that. Be a receiver as well. Because if anybody has to give, there has to be a receiver. And if there's a receiver, somebody has to be a giver. And may we all learn to do that together. But minister it to one another. Notice, as good stewards... Good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Notice it's about stewardship because we are accountable with what God has given us. He's given us things. Are we in a place where we can say, God, you've given me this thing. I haven't used it in years. I haven't used it in 10 years, but I know somebody else who really could use it, and they, they would probably use it a lot more than me. And do you just hold on to it? Or do you say, you know what, I, I saw that you do this quite a lot, and I've got this thing, and um, I, don't, I don't ever use it. I want to give it to you. You've got to be kidding me. I was just praying about that the other day. Duh. <laughs> you know, I love that. That's the way God does things. And he says, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with, as the ability which God supplies. Why? What is the purpose, again, for all of this? It's simply this, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. And so when he goes back, he says, And, and any, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. The idea is a brief utterance. That's kind of a funny thing for me, because I think when I speak, it's anything but brief. But I'm learning to be Brief. He who speaks, let it be as the oracles of God, a brief utterance. I love what it says in Ecclesiastes. Solomon says, do not be rash with your mouth, and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God, for God is in heaven and you on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Amen. (laughs) That'd be a fun service, wouldn't it? We have worship. You open up in prayer, God loves you all, have a good night. (laughs) Then you just leave. But if anyone is to teach or preach the word, they need to be careful in what they say. And this is such an interesting thing for me because of what I get to do, what God has called me to do, what I love to do. I have to be very careful. That's why James would say, My brethren, not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a, a stricter judgment. God is very concerned about those who teach and what they say and how they say it as well. Words are very important. With a word, you can bring life and encouragement, and with another word, you can bring death and heartache. Do you realize how quick it is for, to cut off a friend by just saying one word? You can say one word to your spouse, and boy, it hurts them deeply. Words are so important, and so is the word of God important? Of course it is. Let it be the thing you chew on all day. Be like that cow. I got this vision in my mind. I'm going to share it with you. Be like that cow. Sitting in 80 degree weather. He's got this big tree over me. He's just sitting there all curled up. You know how they do? And then they got that grass. And they, some of it's hanging out with a bunch of slobber. And they're just sitting there. They're ruminating. They're just chewing on it. They're just having a good old time. And they bring it down into the... Uh, I forget, the rumen, and then it goes through the abomasum, and then they bring it back up again. Isn't that nice? You can chew it later. And uh, And then it goes back down to another porch, part of the stomach. But that's the idea. Get into the Word of God and chew on it. Let it get to the innermost parts of you. And then when it needs to come back for you, isn't that a great thing we talk about before lunch? We can, you bring it up, and God gives it to you. you you're in a situation where that, this word that I just read this morning is now being right in front of my face. What am I going to do? Am I going to obey it? Am I going to listen to it? And the chance, the wonderful privilege is ours. Because when you obey the Word of God, you own that Scripture, and you see life in it. You see life in it. If you're not seeing life in your, in your walk within, in Christ, ask yourself the question, have I turned all my switches off? Because when I turn off the switches, the blast of God's love and His grace and everything that He has for us is coming my direction. And I can turn those switches off, but I'd encourage you today to just take all those switches and turn them to the opposition, and just get blasted. Let the love of God be used in your life. And when you love people the way that God loves you, and you give back what he has given to you, believe me, you see results, and it encourages you, it encourages them, and let me tell you, it's a happy moment (laughs) when that happens. That's what the body of Christ is designed for. And the more we do it, the more exciting it's going to be, and the more we're going to be excited about being together. And our times together aren't going to be a drag at all. They're going to be a blessing. You know, so often I can just speak. One of the things that the Lord is helping me with, especially since I've been doing this, is to really be very careful, more careful about my words. Kathy will tell you that when I first met her, I just—I never kept my mouth shut. I felt like I had Tourette's syndrome. Everything that was on my mind just came out, and I didn't know how to stop my speech. So God had to put me here so at least I could be sharing good things. But before, I just would open my mouth, and I just, you know, I wasn't very careful about what I said. But God is doing a work. He's doing a work in you too. So let him do that. Jesus said, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. And every idle word that men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. Now, the day of judgment for you and I as Christians is the Bema Seat judgment, not a judgment of whether we go to heaven or hell, but because we are in heaven now, there's going to be rewards given. And what are your rewards going to be? You know, I'll be happy just to get to heaven, just to be there under the skin of my teeth. I, I sense the flame underneath me, and I just rise just enough to fall into it, on the cloud, so to speak. And I just get there by the skin of my teeth. Thank God. And there are going to be some that are going to not only make it, but God's going to say, "You remember when you did this Bible class? Remember when you taught the Sunday school? I put it on your heart and you did it. You're going to get rewarded for that. Remember when I put on your heart to clean the, the glass out front? Remember when I put on your heart to help that neighbor across the street from you? The elderly woman who couldn't trim her hedge, and you had that nice little uh, trimmer thingy that you can sculpt things into Mickey Mouse and all that. He says, and you did it out of the urging of your heart? That was me. You're going to get rewarded for that. Because you did it selflessly. You did it not because you wanted to be seen by anybody. You did it because you responded to my spirit working in you. And when you do that kind of stuff, God will reward you for it. Those are the kind of rewards. There will be many, many rewards. A soul winner's crown. If you led somebody to Christ, you're going to get a crown for that. There's going to be rewards. They may not seem significant to you now, but then they will mean everything. And again, you're going to be in heaven. What rewards am I going to get that I can take those crowns that he gives me, those rewards, and I can lay them back at his feet saying, Lord, if it wasn't for you, none of this would have happened. You deserve these things. I don't deserve anything. But you deserve all these crowns because you're the one who did it in me, Lord. And I was so thankful, so grateful that you would even choose to use me. And the fact that I get the satisfaction of being used by God. Do you know that satisfaction of being used by God? Boy, it's a wonderful sensation. It's a wonderful emotion. God's not afraid of emotions. Don't you be afraid of emotions either, but we always have to keep them under check that we don't go crazy with them, right? But it's okay to be happy. It's okay to dance and sing. You might want to do it privately, you know, not in the middle of an Eastman theater during a symphony. But if anyone ministers, let him do it As with the ability which God supplies, not everybody has the same ability. You may be wheelchair-ridden, and you can't get out and do the things. But what can you do? The most important thing, you can pray. There are things you can do. You can minister by praying for others. You can minister by doing what you can do. And it's going to be different for everybody. And please, folks, let's not look at each other any longer and compare our ministries with one another. Because when we do that, it becomes very carnal, and we start looking at someone else's ministry as not as important. Believe me, every ministry is important every single ministry is important the fact that we can sit here on clean chairs and clean floors and have clean bathrooms and clean windows sometimes and uh, you know clean floors and all this stuff it's because there are people who come in And and I made the mistake of mentioning their name because I don't want to embarrass them but they do it as under the Lord But we all have something, and we give it, and God will bless you for it. God will reward you for it. And those rewards no one can take from you ever. They are yours in heaven, in the bank of Christ, B-O-C. How'd you like to see that on a front sign? B-O-C, the bank of Christ. May our bank accounts be full. Do what you can do. And be content and resist the urge, again, to compare ourselves with each other. And again, why? Why do we do all this? He gives us the answer in verse 11 there, that in all things, all things, God may be glorified through Christ Jesus, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and pray. Lord, we thank you this morning, Lord, that you love us with an everlasting love. And we thank you, Jesus, that, Lord, we don't know tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow holds, Lord, but you are the end. You are the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the ending. You've seen it all as if it's already history, Lord. You've, you've seen our whole life as if it was yesterday and in the past. And, Lord, we don't know. We don't have this knowledge. But Lord, we trust you. Lord, as this first-century church that we were, that Peter is exhorting, Lord, they didn't know what the next day would hold, and they were in in, in a difficult spot. And Lord, some of us are in a difficult spot today, Father, facing other, untold things. And it all varies according to each person. Lord, would you please give us the gift of faith? Lord, help us to trust you again. Help us to give our hearts to you afresh again. Help us to be purposeful, Lord, to be serious and watchful in our prayers, to have fervent love for one another, Lord, to be hospitable to one another without grumbling, Lord. Help us to, as we have received a gift, to minister it to one another, Lord. And if anyone ministers, let us do it with the ability that you supply, that, all things may, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray.
0: Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time when Pastor Rob continues our study in First Peter. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625.